Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Self-leadership is leading the most important person in your life, you. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context. So glad you could be with me as we attempt to help people lead in the context of every sector of life and in their local church. Hey, I want to talk to you today about leading the most important person in your life, and that's you. That's right, self-leadership. You know, I always say, and everybody around me has heard me say this a hundred times, the highest form of government is self-government. The reason we have such bureaucracy and so many convoluted laws is because people cannot govern themselves. And when I say self-government, that's what the presupposition that we understand that it's under the government of the Lord Jesus Christ, not some kind of self-endowed morality of some sort. So somebody that is able to be governed, you know, from time to time, uh, you know, I'm a strong leader. I say what I think and I try to lead clearly. And I've had people say to me more than once, if you can imagine this, oh, I think you're trying to control me. And I used to fuss with people about that and say, no, why would they think that? And finally, I gave up. You know, I said, I said, you know what? You're right. I am trying to control you. You know why? Because you're out of control and you can't control yourself. So I'm always looking for leaders who can control themselves. Now, in 1 Timothy 4, there is a passage there about self-leadership that really is worth a close look, and I won't do it justice in our time here together, but I would encourage you to read it. So in 1 Timothy 4, he starts out the chapter talking about people that have fallen away and different things they've got caught up in and, and all these type of things. And then he gives them the prescription, like, this is how not to let that happen. Uh, and he talks about you know standing on the word and uh, preaching the word. Uh, and then he gets to verse 8 and he begins to shift it to guarding yourself and being a leader. And he says in verse 8, For bodily discipline is only of a little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Wow, is that powerful. So what he's saying is self-leadership or self-discipline gives you a reward in this life and a reward in the next life, in the life to come. Because why? There will be people that will eat the fruit of your discipline, of your prayers, of your giving, of the work, whatever you've done, of the leadership that legacy that you left. And then uh, he says this in verse 9. It is a trustworthy statement deserving of full acceptance. Don't you like that? Hey, listen, I'm, I'm shooting from the hip. Like, this is worthy of full acceptance. Don't even wink at this. For, and then he says what it is, for it is for this we labor and strive because we have fixed our hope on the living God who is a savior of all men and especially of believers. Now, I want to pick out something here for you. 
He said, for this that we labor and strive. Leadership ultimately is about people, you who know how to focus your labor, focus your intensity, and move the rock up the hill and strive. So there is a labor, there is a pressing in. It's not talking about personal ambition here when it's talking about striving. It's talking about like the person who's working out, you know, they're striving to accomplish something. Because right before that, he said, you know, bodily discipline, that's good. But there's another kind of discipline that's even better. So a leader has to know that there's labor involved for the work of the ministry. Matthew 9, Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, the workers are few. So a leader understands this is not a philosophical uh, challenge. This is a work by the sweat of your brow. This is God flowing through you to pour yourself out. That's what leadership looked like. And then he says this in verse 11, prescribe and teach these things. Prescribe. Okay, right. I'm going to give you a prescription. Here it is. Here's the prescription. I'm going to give you this prescription. Are you ready for your prescription? And teach these things. Now here he starts. He gives this incredible, condensed uh, leadership development series in the next four verses. All right. Verse 12. Let no one look down on your youthfulness. But rather in. Now he gives a whole bunch of stuff here. Now here would be an interesting thing to do. If you're if you're on a self-growth journey, which you should be and you're trying to develop disciples, which you should be, he gives a list of things here. Speech, conduct, love, faith, purity. Speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. One, two, three, four, five things. He says, show yourself an example of those who believe. So, You can show and tell. You can say, follow me as I follow Christ. And there are five key areas right there on leading yourself. How's your speech? How's your conduct? How's your love? How's your faith? How's your purity? Are you growing in those areas? Show yourself. He doesn't say depend on somebody else. He doesn't say go to a seminar for this. I guess you could get some help doing that. But this is self-leadership. And then he says, verse 13, oh, let me finish verse 12. Show yourself an example of those who believe. You know, there's an old saying, a model is better than a message. Great leaders are good models, okay? Because eventually people will not hear what you say, but they'll see what you do. And anybody you're raising up in leadership has to have a buy-in of a commitment to themselves, to see themselves develop, to believe that God is working in them and understand who they are at the core is going to be challenged. When we see people that for lack of a better words, flake out or flame out, 
Listen, that is not just something that, that happened in a moment. There was something that was there, okay, that the cares of life and the demonic schemes of life, whatever it may be, cause those things to manifest. We, we really have to understand this and to be an example of the believers. And then he says, prescribe and teach these things. So we're going to go through a prescription here, and uh, I'll do it on the next podcast as well. Now here's what he says. Let no one look down on your youthfulness. Okay. Let no one look down on your youthfulness. Let me say it like this. Let no one look down on your lack of experience. Let no one look down on your expertise. Because why? That's what they'll look at. But when they look at that and then they look at who you are, the scales of justice begin to swing in your favor because you've been doing the speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity thing. She says that's your job. That's your job to earn their trust. A leader understand. Listen, trust is not demanded. Trust is not demanded. Okay, respect is not demanded. It is earned one inch at a time. Now, if you've got somebody that just has a disrespectful spirit, they should not be in your leadership sphere anyway. They need to go back and get saved and get baptized and start the discipleship process, okay? But trust and respect are earned. That's what he's saying here. And there's some people that want to enter in. They want to do that by position or by gifting. I got this title or I got this gift. Well, that's great. You know, that will get you nowhere. You'll be stuck on first base the rest of your life if that's what you think is going to get you somewhere. He says, let no one look down on your youthfulness, on your lack of experience, on your lack of seasoning. Whose responsibility is that? That's your responsibility. See, a leader takes responsibility not only for himself, but then he or she begins to take responsibility for their environment. So when I hear leaders blaming things on the people that are in their core and that they have had influence over for some sphere of time, then there's a bigger problem, okay? Now, some of that problem may just be wrong thinking and needs to be addressed, but some of it may be wrong living or wrong leading, and that also needs to be addressed. But there's a prescription here, and we're going to pick it up, and we're going to cover this in our next podcast about leading yourself, okay? So, hey, this is Keith TC for Leadership in Context, and the context right now is you. So enjoy it and go for it labor and strive for it because it's beneficial not only for this life, but the life to come. Show yourself an example to those who believe. A model is better than a message. Great leaders are good models in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Eventually, people will not hear what you say, but will see what you do. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to equip believers to lead in every area and venue of life. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. To contact Keith or ask him a question, 
email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.